Last week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we wrapped up the season one of Bridgerton by covering the finale, and this week we are breaking down the season, including our power rankings for every character this season. So, listen to us talk about Bridgerton some more. We are back one final time this week. I'm, I'm right this week with with Bridgerton. One final time for yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, make sure we we you know let people know it. it's this is not the end of Lord's what, Grant. What if someone <laughs> turned on, turned this on and said, said one final time and just push push pause <laughs> said no more I'm done. If that's all they have to give me, that's all I'm 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 down. Yeah, no, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, we are you are stuck with us if you are listening to us. We are not going anywhere. No. I mean, we're we're still we, we're, before we hit record, we were debating what to what our next move is, and there's lots of options on the table. But we we have ideas, and we know that we're gonna come back to Downton before the movie, and it's unfortunate because we had the year planned out more or less. I mean, you can't expect everything to stay according to plan with COVID. You know, that's true. The, the Delta variant is a is out or, there. I mean, we can't, can't expect predict everything these to things. go according to plan with the. Uh, with release dates and comp- competitive release dates, so is life. Jul- Julian, Julian had big balls. Let's just say that. And he realized. Look, this is why we review shows well after they've aired. <laughs> we can control the the cadence with which we go over them. Yeah. So relying on down. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, that's that's our bad. That's on but us. But we're here to talk today about Bridgerton, the season as a whole, and mm-hmm. season one, how we felt about it. And the power rankings, as we always do. We're going to break down who had the best and worst season overall. Yeah. And I don't think there's much in the world of Downton or the Crown or uh, Bridgerton really to discuss. I mean, we can really just cut to the chase today. That's true. Yeah. I was at Target and I saw, talk about life. I saw the books, <laughs> the books on the shelf and I was like, huh. And then I realized how big my pile of books to read is. And I said. You would actually read a Bridgerton book? I'd re- I would look. We just talked about what we're going to do. If, if, if someone wanted us to read a chapter of Anthony's story a week, I would. Would want us to read it to No, them. no, read read <laughs> to ourselves. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I haven't, I actually, this is terrible. I haven't read much at all during the pandemic. Usually I'd read on my commute to work. I don't have a commute to work, so I haven't been reading. And it's, I can feel my brain rotting, actually. When I was working from <laughs> home last year, I read more than I think I've read since high school. But then, as soon as we came back to in-person working, my my brain is just shot. I don't want to. And, and you're reading like Dr. Seuss, right? Yep. Well, I mean, that's what I read. At. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I would read at work. I think I no, just putting down the books. I read. I read like, a, a, not that I read some challenging books. I read like Jurassic Park and and Star Wars books and stuff like that. Caught up on a lot of stuff that I've been sort of meaning to finally read. Well, you you read like a heavy book though, right? There was like a, a very uh, was it uh, as the sun the sun also rises? Didn't oh you yeah, read, and read I read that? a bunch of literature. Wow! Every catch of the And it wasn't a case where you were holding like Catcher in the Rye or, or the Sun Also Rises, and inside of it was like a mini board book of Doctor Seuss. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that would, would be thicker you. than the than Hemingway or J D. Salinger. <laughs> got to keep up illusions, you know. Yeah, got to keep up, you know, <laughs> appearances. Hey. Uh, Even though I was sitting alone it, during the pandemic, it was I was just doing that to fool myself. <laughs> yeah, and and 
it's funny though the Bridgerton books they've been around since the year 2000 they've been going for a while now okay. uh, it, it just took TV getting racy enough to catch up to it I think That's, yeah I mean do you think Bridgerton would be where it is if not for Fifty Shades it reminds me a lot of that honestly and yes I, I have actually read Fifty Shades so I am qualified to, to say well this show reminds me of that is book is it better in a lot than Fifty Shades where, I don't want to offend fans of Fifty Shades. <laughs> I don't think any but, but, fans of Fifty Shades thinks it's high art. I don't know what people think, honestly, these days, man. People have a weird way of evaluating things. I, I would say this cr- crosses the bar. I, I don't I don't think Fifty Shades of Grey is that. Well, I mean, I kind of figured that would be your answer. I just wanted you to say it out loud. So that's going to be the headline on the uh, yeah. Twitter. Corey from the Lords of Grantham says Fifty Shades is bad. I didn't say it was bad. I, I just said Bridgerton's better than it. And yeah, yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Well, <laughs> it was, it's a funny book, though. It is a funny book. I will give it that. Fifty Shades is is pretty funny with some of the dialogue. Sure. sure. But let's uh, get to Bridgerton. Uh, yeah. How we so we usually sort of main event with the the power rankings, but yeah. we kind of talk. I think this is a show that when we're talking about it, we need to talk about the hype and its connection to the sort of period drama world we're in at the as we mm-hmm. look at it as a full product. And yeah. I think the big question is, does it live up to the hype? And where does it sit in our echelon of period dramas? So I think we have to unpack a little bit what that hype mm-hmm. was. <laughs> because I don't know about you, Dave, but it wasn't like I was hearing hype that it's a great show necessarily. Mm-hmm. I was hearing a lot of hype about Rachel Jean Page and what he does and the Simon character. I mean, I was hearing a lot about him and just how racy the show was. I wasn't hearing that the show is like high quality TV. I was just hearing that like it's it's a saucy uh, thing. Okay. To t- tune well, into. I was at work with um, in person people. with people <laughs> and everyone was talking about Bridgerton. This was definitely as a good thing, as a good show. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, have you guys watched Bridgerton? Oh, I watched four episodes last mm-hmm. night. I'm gonna finish it tonight, like that kind of stuff. And granted, oh, as wow. always with us, we're we're late to the party with with these shows in general. Well, I, I think it's a thing we were knowingly late to the party. Like we heard about it, and it's like we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> we got a million episodes of The Crown to get through. And it is just funny because I think that one thing that does stand to the testament of Bridgerton is a lot of people have sort of like watched it when it was out but then when we started talking maybe this is just my interactions with people but people were like oh Bridgerton that's cool that you're covering that that's really good that's like up your alley that's good so a lot of positive feedback about us doing okay. it whereas I think when we started The Crown people were like oh no Lord to grant them this is not for them well I think there's a difference in the source material uh, just think about the royalty the perception of it today and how stodgy it is there's there's a dryness mm-hmm. there to, to what it covers and i can see how that's not quite as engaging as something like bridgerton which is very of the moment in a lot of ways even though the, the book itself is 20 years old uh you know just with the way it presents like you know people you want to see in these kind of period type of dramas you mm-hmm. know people of color and, and the the themes that it tackles so yeah i can understand how it, it pops people a little bit more to hear us uh, talking about bridgerton I can understand why people like it. You know, it is a very much a traditional soap opera. It's uh, operating with those broad strokes. It has familiar music in there presented in a, in a fun way for you to engage with. And then there's just a lot of attractive people speaking in smart ways. Yeah. Looking, looking <laughs> and that's smooth. what people like to watch. 
licking up spoons absolutely um so yeah i guess the question is then did it live up to the hype i thought it did absolutely for me i think in terms of the the sauciness and what people talked about yeah i think i think that's fair to say it did li- live up to the the scandalous uh, nature of the show i guess you could but say i think one thing that we both sort of praised the, the finale for was was the way it told a story you know the finale mm-hmm. d- was one of the most uh i don't want to say compelling because it it you know there are plenty of compelling shows but it was one of the most well-structured finales that i've seen in a while as far as as we said shifting the focus from the sort of a plot to the b and the c and the d plots and sort of wrapping them all mm-hmm. up simultaneously i think i think that's also uh, i don't know I, I thought the the finale did a good job of wrapping up the, the storylines i think our reaction of it to it being pretty good is more so maybe just TV we've been watching lately and just a, a middling run of Marvel shows and stuff that, that just doesn't wrap up that anything. That is true, in Lovecraft Country and stuff like that. Like, the pandemic uh, has not been good for um, satisfying TV. TV. necessarily. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, on, on the basis of Bridgerton being good, you said it's good. You, you think it's good. I think it is. I, lo- I mean, I'm on the record as being a Shonda fan, so... This is uh, yeah. this is definitely elevated it's... Shonda as far as production value is concerned. I haven't watched any Grey's Anatomy though, so I mean, compared to How to Get Away with Murder, yeah, we are the wrong people to talk what about. What if we that? just shift I, I gears think... from Julian Fellows to Shonda Rhimes? <laughs> I think there's a lot of people already co- covering Shonda, and okay. uh, right. she's she's a thing. She's a, she's a much larger entity than Julian Fellows in terms of public uh, knowledge and, and uh, you know fandom. What do you th- do? You uh, think? This has lived up to the hype, Corey. Well, apparently I missed the hype of people saying it was good. I, I didn't think that people were saying it's quote-unquote really good TV. I just heard it was just good, you know, oh, good, good enough. Three O's, four O's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, uppercase. And I thought it was fine for the most part. Okay. Like, I, I, it's not a show I'm, like, dying to see what's next. I'm absolutely willing to, to watch the next season. I thought... It was fine. I think a lot of that is a result of the storylines in the show and a feeling of, I've seen this done before mm-hmm. elsewhere. But it's like those little pieces of flavor that are what people are reacting to that makes it a little bit more interesting or intriguing. So like, you know, having people of color or uh, not focusing so much on, uh, what you call it? I don't know. Just... It, it you know well I guess compared to Downton Abbey not focusing so much on people who are with without money and stuff like that or who are struggling it's all just, it's all higher up people aside from like Marina like it's it's all people who are like in that sphere and like yeah even even the we get like Delacroix and Sienna and mm-hmm. Mrs. Right. Coulson but nobody they're almost presented as nuisances to like the actual like main drama of like the the yeah, higher hangers on more than they are. Um, detached well, from the you know the, the divide is not necessarily the focus as much as you know it's mm-hmm. a point of the plot but it's not like down where it's a split yeah 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 I, and I mean the entire show is like based around romances or, or state of the results of, of affairs and, and all that and so it's not it's not like down where it's like they're worrying about the cost of the land or or uh you know who inherits stuff like that it, it's it's very much all about romance all the time and i feel like i've seen versions of these plots everywhere so like the show executed them well mm-hmm. but it's it's not like something that had me like wow you know the, the the biggest wow is just like 
how far they take it into into the bedroom. That and that makes sense as to why that's like what I heard the most. It's just like, okay, so that's the one thing it's doing that's like its own thing and it's going for it and I respect mm-hmm. it. Good good for them. But you know, I said it many times while we were watching the show. It's weird though how much this show is kind of pitched towards I feel like a teenage demographic of like that Cinderella type of, you know, uh, princess, uh, you know, like story of, of just like finding the right guy and the, and the colors they use, the, you know, it's really candy colored. It, it just feels like it's like pitched to like a younger demographic, but then they have these sex scenes like shoehorned in there and it's just like, hmm. Okay. Now, is, that, is that a more <laughs> of a reflection of the fact that our generation of people in their twenties and thirties are still kind of force fed the nostalgia that we were into when we were a kid that we're still getting Cinderella with Lily James and we're getting Disney is kind of still uh, as big a piece of pop culture as it's ever been historically do you think that Bridgerton is sort of a, a an adult version of the Disney fairy tales and that's why it's colored that way yes and no I mean, I, I guess you can say Marina's plotline is one that does not fit squarely within like those. I, I guess when I'm speaking of that, I'm thinking mainly of the, the Daphne and Simon. I don't know. I, I guess the maybe Featherings I'm are very it. much like Disney characters too, sort of conventionally less yeah. attractive ones, and the mean stepsisters and the the vain maybe, parents. Yeah, maybe my criticism isn't exactly fair because uh, I, I, when, I, when I say that, I'm thinking mainly of Daphne and Simon's plot of, of trying to fall for each other. And it follow and following a lot of the, those beats and like that's something that like I feel like kids can, will, will just like you know go all in on and especially like the Eloise character or the Penelope one character, mm-hmm. but yeah I mean there are shades of like darkness with like you know yeah uh, Marina and the, the Featherington bunch and then also uh, you see it with uh, Tony with the the with Sienna Sienna and even uh, Benedict it's uh yeah I. I there's just something about it that just, I don't know. It, it, it feels like it's been calculated for like a mass audience, but then like, I think the thing I'm getting at is like the sex stuff just feels like Netflix checking a box. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it belongs in the show. It feels like it's something like Netflix knows this gets viewership. Now I wonder how, and, how different it is than the source material on, on that level. I don't think it's that different. Cause that, that is like, those are big points of the books. So I get if they have to include it mm-hmm. there. I, I would just say, it, it, I'm not saying, like, pointing this out as a thing that's a detriment to the show, but more so as a thing that kind of just, it doesn't co- coincide with everything else going on in the show that smoothly, I think. It feels almost like someone's, like, pushing pause and, like, here's this, and it just feels, like, unnecessary. It just feels, I don't know, tonally it feels off, is, is all I'm saying. Okay, that's fair. And, it's, and I get that's why people like the show. It's just, I don't know, just interesting choices I, I don't know it's not a good or bad thing it's just i don't know I, I just think about how many more people would be i think the thing i think about is how many more people would be watching the show if it was just if it didn't have that because it just doesn't add anything really you the, know the wrong and it's a shame that it, yeah it's just a shame i feel like that more people can't watch this because it's like having that in there but i mean whatever choose your life you can you can expose your kids to this show if you want them to that, but at the, at i watched the same predator time, when i was a kid think that these, let's let's hypothetically speaking the mm-hmm. The families that watched Downton Abbey together uh, got mm-hmm. gathered around the TV on a Sunday night to watch on PBS because it's uh, tamer. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Mr. Green comes in and, and abuses Anna and rapes her. Like, 
Do you think a show like Bridgerton with a mission statement that's like, we are going to handle adult themes might be a little more noble than a show like Downton that that comes in that mer- and is is pretty much cruelly PC, kills off characters PG for like most of the time and then all of a sudden with these like radically realistic and sad um, examinations of being sexually abused. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like you, you, you. I mean, I know that's a big stretch, but right. I I, I don't think. Downton is operating on the level where like it's appealing to kids necessarily like there's fun side characters like Daisy and Patmore and stuff but like the level of drama going on in there is like I don't know it's a little bit more complicated okay. you know as the way it relates to, to finances and, and <laughs> status and all that stuff here it's just very much love or not in love well, I mean we're gonna have a <laughs> hair issue in the next season so that'll be something to discuss yeah for sure. I mean, it's not not there. It's just not as heavily focused as down. I mean, the Featheringtons' whole plot is them going broke. That's true. That is true. Although it, it I feel like that's very much on the sidelines. Like we did, we barely even see Lord Featherington until like a few episodes in, the, and then he's just like, "I'm out of money," and it's like, "Wait, what?" He's like Mr. <laughs> Bennett for most of the show. He's this sort of like goofy dad figure that's sort of there for his daughters, and then all of a sudden it's like, "No, I'm I'm a lush." I'm a bad man. I'm <laughs> yeah. a cheater and a swindler, and I'm going to brothels and getting beaten to death. <laughs> That's just what I do. I just like to take a licking and keep on ticking. Uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes in the, in the next season. I am I am curious about that, but yeah, overall, it's a it's a it's a good fine show. Uh, ringing That's, that's where I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do worse with your time on Netflix. I can tell you that That's much. True. And, and I can see this being, I'm not a binger in general of TV shows, mm-hmm. but I could see this being like a, started on a Monday and be done with it by the next Sunday. Like, you know, it's, it is oh, very sure. much consumable, snackable yeah. in its tone. Mm-hmm. Now, Dave, what did you think of Daphne and Simon, the two main characters? Do you think they were the most compelling part of the show? That's an interesting question. Uh, Simon is. Daphne, I feel like you. they tease her being a little bit more interesting than she actually winds up being. Where mm-hmm. there's the episode where they're married and she's trying to sort of keep tradition in the town, but we see her kind, kind of fumble. Yeah. And I feel like that's a really interesting character beat, and we never return to her sort of regaining the confidence of the town that she is basically now the the Cora Crawley of, you know? Like, she's now the the, mm-hmm. the lifeblood of this town, her and, and Simon. And we see her stumble around and pardon the pigs, and then then what? Like, she never, she never yeah. earned that respect. So I feel like she does kind of become and- a idealized sort of princess Disney, Disney-fied wife by the end of it. Yeah, I mean, she does make choices to, to like really show that she's independent with, you know, even daring to, you know, take Simon's hand early on and, and, and you know, walk around at the dance with him and stuff and then propose going on dates and stuff and then uh, taking him in the bedroom. So she does she does make bold choices, but so much of it is just defined by everything that's happening to her. It's very reactive in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and her trying to, to get towards like centers of truth and, and uh, figure things out, whereas... Simon 
his his plot is very much Pride and Prejudice. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he was very prideful about you know not having a kid and, and not continuing his his family's name, and he holds that against uh, Daphne. Yeah, that's very it's true. And yeah, I, I I he is definitely I think the the gravity of the show show like he he pulls you in as like you know. What you know they're going to get together eventually. It's just how will he overcome like his own issues mm-hmm. to, his to get pride there and his prejudice, right? And it, it makes me wonder too. Like how? I mean, the next season you know focuses on Tony, is so we've heard. Like, it it seems weird to think that Simon won't be there and the presence that he brings. It feels like the show is going to be missing something. Yeah, and and talking about not even just Tony, Will, mm-hmm. who winds up being one of the more important characters on this show. He is sort of left in this moral ambiguity of did he do the right thing by throwing this fight? How will this mm-hmm. affect his boxing career? How will this affect his life with his mom? Not to mention, thugs killed Lord Featherington. Are they going to try to kill him? Yeah. So I feel like without Simon, without Roger Jean, how do we really tell his story? And. Look, just going back to the hype around the show, it, a lot of it had to have been from reading between the lines of what I, I heard before watching this. It was about the caboose being loose. <laughs> this man is like taking his, his his kid off in like every other episode. It seems mm-hmm. like, and if he's not there, are women going to be tuned in? They already saw Tony's buns first thing in the first episode. They know what they're getting there. Do they want to see more of that in season two, or do they want? Are they going to be missing the Ray Jean and his whole book of pages? We're gonna need. We're gonna need. Our, our good good friend the pig man to, to drop trial <laughs> <laughs> we need more buns we need to send in the buns to get people to no, keep we need, watching we need to get matt smith in there that's who we need we need those prince philip buns oh he already showed his buns in the crown you, you can't can't Overli- go back to that reliable. sam well in case oh, of yeah. emergency break class i feel like people are gonna be asking for that for simon like I, as much as they may have announced that he's not coming back people are gonna be like where's simon when season two comes out oh, they're, they're gonna be sure. missing him Again, I feel like it's going to be buns. like a, a This is 40 situation, the Jed Apatow movie, where it's a direct sequel to Knocked Up, but the people in the Knocked Up aren't there, and they, they're like, we've got to talk about them at some point. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's an apt comparison, yeah. Hopefully not in it's, the it's quality relative-wise. Right, and, well, and this isn't a spinoff. It's a direct sequel season. That means it's direct, you know, following the season, so it's weird that, yeah, he won't be there anyways. I think the one thing we, we should talk about that we haven't talked about yet is just the Penelope uh, situation. We we, we touched on it or? last week. Yeah, just the whole whistle down thing of the season. Does it does it sit right with you thinking about it a week later? No, not at all. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I mean, it does because like she's around, she gleams all this information, of course. But man, what a terrible person you got to be to be writing out that that newspaper or every week just trashing people you know like oh my god! i think gosh. it's understated and i know i ranked her on the upside of my power rankings on the last episode so i'm not gonna mm-hmm. say anything about that but it's understated that this woman's won't be this girl her father has died and she's running off in a carriage with this evil grin on her face like does she have a heart down there or no is she <laughs> just void and, of emotion and, and yeah and the grin she has this smile it's, it's so weird because we just saw her crying because colin was leaving and stuff like I, I don't know what to make of her. She she seems... It's very inconsistent with the character. And I, I get the bait and switch of Eloise and her trying to unearth who it was. Mm-hmm. 
But and 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 we yeah. did say I did say that I thought if the season ended without us knowing who Whistledown was, I would be very upset. But I would rather mm-hmm. have the De La Croix reveal of of uh, what brother is it Benedict that he yeah. if he at the very end of the episode it's like oh De La Croix just left town this morning to go visit her family. I saw I woke up with her. And then, like, that's mm-hmm. the punch at the end of the season is, like, we haven't figured out who Whistledown is, and then we have more time? That would have been one yeah. thing. But, like you said, they wait until the fourth book. So. Right. And it's not so much a, a plot thing, I think, that we're getting at. It's the way in which she plays the character and the way she reacts to things. Mm-hmm. Like, the plot-wise, it makes sense that, okay, she could be Whistledown and is Whistledown. It's just the way she, her emotions are so violently all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's just, like... She's a capable performer Wait, too. Like she, she's good. Right. So she's this cold, cold, calculated person this entire time. I don't know why you were trying to make me feel sympathy for her. Like I, I don't really like this person and, and at all. Now I said it. I said it on this podcast, and we got responses from the fans saying that her and Eloise's shtick of not knowing how babies are made was one of the most frustrating things of the show. And then to find mm-hmm. out that she's whistle down and she's making all of these inferences and and gossip she was playing playing dumb but about it the playing, whole time so is Eloise even her friend like I feel like so much about this person is brought up that it negates so much of it it, it just reminds me <laughs> of that saying of you think you have friends you don't have friends uh-huh. I'm your only friend yeah so yeah maybe, maybe uh, Penelope's only friend is Eloise but not really yeah, and, and is this a thing that will eventually the whole town will know that Eloise is whistled down and and, and or not Eloise uh, Penelope is whistled down and Eloise? I mean, it has, has to. to sort of be there for her, and and it's a redemption. I mean, story. you don't just tip your hat on that without you know it elevating some stakes of like who's going to find out first. You know, mm-hmm. you you gotta you know have that lingering out there. The assassin, the thwart, the the guy who goes bolting down the alley. Right, right. We got to have him chasing her down everywhere she goes now. Um, We've been talking for almost yeah. twenty-five minutes. Do we want to get to these power rankings? Yeah, I think overall, I'm I'm glad we watched the show. It was good. I, I, I respect that it was eight episodes too. I thought, I thought it they was didn't 10 drag it out. Into it. I was a little excited, but uh, mm-hmm. eight, I'll take it. It's a good number. It, I don't know how else they could have drug out the Daphne and, and Simon storyline. Well, they did really. drag out like, the Daphne and Simon storyline. No, they didn't. That, that's the thing. One of the most respectable storytelling aspects of this show is that they really handle most of the weight of the drama in the first half and then let mm-hmm. them cook for the last half. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's let's get to the power so rankings. So before we the do the power rankings, who is your favorite character on Bridgerton? Um... I mean, Benedict came in really strong late. The guy's just living his best life. <laughs> Benedict Bridgerton, good, good for him, Benny, uh, and best friend Will. Will is, Will <laughs> I, is I really a liked him. Will's a really good character. Yeah, I'd say one of them too. All right, I think I would. I might say, I think Eloise is good. I think I, I, I'm riding for Eloise towards the end. She cried a little too much for me. Eloise, and I like Tony. I'm a Tony guy. Okay. And Lady Danbury's great. I like Lady Danbury a lot, too. Good mother figure, yes, good, good good flashback. So let's get to mm-hmm. these power rankings. So 
for if you which is a compilation of we, we compiled all the the numbers that we did this season where people landed in the rankings and this is just the amalgamation of all yeah. the, if all you, that if ranking you have to weeks any of this show before Bridgerton then you know this is what we do we quantify now I did things a little differently this this show for mm-hmm. the finale I juked the points so because I had a top five and a bottom five. I didn't do so every episodes one to seven. If you ranked first place in the positive rankings, that's plus three. Second in the positive mm-hmm. power rankings, plus two. Third in the pl- positive, plus one, and the inverse on the negative. But for the finale, since I did five, I did plus five, plus four, plus three, plus two, plus one. And for since oh, you only on. did three, your top three yeah. are plus five, plus four, plus three. But the thing is, I had Simon and Daphne uh, sharing the number we have, one spot. We have sharing it. For, we have sharing before, and we have we'll have sharing again in whatever show we watch. I'm, I'm just questioning your math, but yeah, okay. What should I have done? Two point five? No, they deserve the full boat. Yeah, incremental. Anyways, so first off, we always kind of do this when we do these power rankings. How many characters do you think we had in the total rankings of Bridgerton? Um. 18 close 24 but that also includes okay. spoons and and pigs <laughs> i mean I, I i have no regrets about those two the spoons were prominently featured and the pigs lives were spared in that episode and so. uh what's the guy's name um yeah. finch <laughs> the guy that, that oh, is yeah. hitting on that one featherington sister yeah, it's funny though. When I was going over my rankings to share with you today, uh, you know, to compile all the numbers, I remember the pigs more than Mrs. Coulson. <laughs> I was like, wait, who is that? She's just the, the Miss O'Brien of the show. She she's just there until they can get Danbury to explain the plot to Daphne. <laughs> yeah, she's just the crotchety one, the the inverse of mm-hmm. Lady Danbury. Yep. All right, so I think uh, we've also typically, not typically, sometimes talked about how our rankings differ. So I'll do the total, and then we'll go okay. back and break down how we both felt individually. So this is both of our rankings compiled. Okay. Negative side. Uh, at, at third place, with negative six points total, mm-hmm. you want to guess? Um, go ahead. I don't know. Lord Featherington. Okay. Well, he's dead now, so, you know, it makes sense that he, he ended up on, on the down uh, side of things. He never really recovered from his debt. Okay. Number two. Do you want to guess? Excuse me. Uh, Nigel Bearbrook? Yep. Negative 12. I mean, he showed up for two episodes, and he got knocked out in <laughs> successive episodes. Like he got in the ring with Tyson twice and just bang, bang, get done. <laughs> yeah. No, number yeah, one, I think there, is, there's no other pretty clear. No other place for him to be in, but yeah, down. Well, who's number one? Uh, wait, uh, it's the most put upon character on the show. It's Marina. Yep. Do you want to guess the Just number? Week after week of drama, negative twenty four on the nose. Negative twenty four. Oh wow! So, okay. So to, to put that in perspective, <laughs> we have a distinct line of doubling. Lord Featherington negative mm-hmm. six, Burbrook negative twelve, Marina negative twenty four. I mean, a negative vote for every character that was on the show. All right. Well, I mean, it, it, honestly, it did reach a point where you just felt bad for her. Like, nothing goes right for her in the season at all, I, except I for the brief moment. I mean, I, I felt, I sympathized with her, but she also made a lot of decisions 
and should have had to own them and did not take any responsibility for her decisions. Right. I, I think it's more of a feeling of like, can't these writers do something to like help her out a little mm-hmm. bit? Like, I just don't like what she's going through and I don't feel, yeah, I don't feel great for her. I don't like really like her. It's just negative all around. Just a lot of negative energy. Yeah. So that's, that's the negative side. Well, I guess that negative energy got her there. <laughs> Positive side is quite interesting. Um, okay. Very much closer. There's no leaps. Number mm-hmm. three with a positive twelve. Who do you think that is? Is it Benedict? Nope. It's Simon. Okay. I mean, he has some rough goes during the season, but overall, I mean, he, he has a he, he's always in control. Is is my takeaway with Simon? He he's always got things moving. So and when he softens, it's sense. like on his terms. Sure. Yeah. All right. Number two. Simple jump from positive twelve to positive thirteen. Who do you think it is? Now is that Benedict? No, no, no. It's Daphne. Okay. Really? Yeah. She had a lot of down moments. I think she had less positive th- than I did. Uh, for, for me, she had less positive than than uh, Simon in terms of votes. Not for me though, unfortunately. Well, yeah, because you're you're a big fan, clearly. So that at no number one positive fifteen. Who who do you got now? Is this Benedict? This is Benedict. <laughs> Heck yeah! I just knew it. He came on strong late in the season, had no negative weeks, and the guy's just living his best life. He's just this guy's scoring great. with the girls and all that stuff. He's just living his best life. Scoring with the dudes too. Like he's just letting it swing. Good for him. That's true. Benedict is uh, truly living. I I was shocked when I saw that Benedict was so <laughs> unanimously Sometimes, positive. The, you know the people who rise to the top are the ones who just don't get involved with the drama <laughs> they just kind of like hang back and are just like you know what I'm just going to live my life and that's what our bro is doing so you know good for him yeah I guess sure it's it's funny to think like at the beginning of the season we had no idea who he was he just isn't even there pretty much in the first two episodes mm-hmm. like he's just nothing to think of so to, to break down where our differences lie okay your negatives Third place, negative five, Penelope. Second place, absolutely belongs there. Was an, a, a, neg- a tie, negative six for Burbrook and Lord Featherington. So you single-handedly put Lord Featherington onto our top rankings. He's dead. What more do you want? <laughs> and he's lost all kinds of money. And number one, you had Marina at negative nine. My negative rankings: Lady Featherington at number five, negative two, mm-hmm. uh, second, negative six, Lord Burbrook, and negative. 15 marina at number one but our ups differ you had will you you, your positive beats were a lot um you were more fickle with the upvotes so you had you had Uh, the man who put uh, spoons and pigs on on his ups i'm more fickle like i put those on there i you got will at number three why not? The guy won a bunch of fights, and he won money at the end. So that's positive three. Number two, you got Benedict, positive seven. Absolutely. And number one, you got Simon, positive eight. The dude ran the show. <laughs> like, what else can you say about Simon, you know? Good for now, him. My positives were Lady Danbury, positive five. Always there, okay. playing the role. Benedict mm-hmm. at number two, positive eight. And <laughs> Daphne, <laughs> number one, positive ten. Abs- absurd. Absurd that Daphne so both of us sort of sabotaged each other's number one, and well, that, that we, that's, that's because you, you would you wouldn't hold it against her that she uh, 
did things to Simon that he did not consent to. You were just like, yeah, that's fine. I think I'd already written my, my things down. Okay. Either either so, way, need, Benedict is the Ralph Nader of this one. He he ran away as 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 George W. Bush. I don't know how he's Ralph, Ralph Nader. Of this, yeah. out. He's the he's, he's sure. The, he got more votes than we thought. He was the dark horse. Yeah, <laughs> good for him. And I look forward to his season that he'll get eventually. So that's that's Bridgerton. That's season one. Yeah, it's in the books, and uh, and it literally is in the books. And we'll figure out what to watch soon and you can give us suggestions if you have yeah, them well we will absolutely post it on social media before we reveal it just because we want to be respectful we don't want to drop an episode of a podcast and you're like oh no i gotta go not dig again up, uh game of thrones not that we're gonna watch game of thrones but <laughs> no uh but yeah we'll, we'll get there uh but until then dave have you been uh watching anything else i saw a couple movies this week you went to the theaters. I went to the theaters, yes. So, Even though you had streaming options for them at home. I did, but I went to the theater. I'm off of work, so I went to the theater. I, I like going to the theater. I miss the theater the most. Sure. So I saw I saw three movies in the theater since our last recording. Oh, my gosh. I saw Black Widow, which you okay. also saw. Yeah. Didn't love it. And I, you, I disliked yeah, it very no. much, actually. You actively disliked I think you liked, disliked it more than I, I did. All, I thought it was really bad. <laughs> That was dumb. Yeah, I, I mean, no argument here. And yeah. then uh, I also saw Jungle Cruise. Did you watch that? Okay. I have not watched it yet. No. I, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. Okay. And then we, you also sure. watched. And Giamatti's in that, right? Oh, Giam- Giamatti is so good in that movie. <laughs> is he really? Oh, though? Giamatti's only, only in the beginning, but it's so you got you got to watch it just for Giamatti. Is he is he playing like his Downton Abbey no, character? No, he's playing an Italian, like a straight up Italian guy. Is the best. Wait, wasn't their whole thing to get rid of like racist like stereotypes in that movie? <laughs> or that he's Giamatti in real life, you know, like. So he's just playing to the the the, the cheap seats, <laughs> an got, Italian he's got character. Got a cockatoo that talks too. It's hilarious. It's it's so dumb. Uh, okay, the, the rock right. is good. I guess I gotta see this. And then we okay. we, we I, both watched the Suicide Squad, right? We we did. Yeah. I enjoyed. It. I liked it. I, a lot. I watched that at home, and you were like, "Give me the theater." That was fine. That was fine for me. <laughs> very, very violent. Very violent. I, I don't find that funny, and like a lot, a lot. That's like almost played for laughs in the movie, and like that just isn't funny to me. Like a lot of that gore stuff, and I don't know. A lot of jokes were kind of obvious to me, and uh, it was it was fine. I, I did like some of the the characters and the way that you know they interacted with each other and stuff, but like the, the hardest I laughed in the movie was I think Margot Robbie's like facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Like like was the thing with uh, Milton, <laughs> like the way her face reacts to that, like that made me laugh. Harder now, have you than watched Birds of Prey? Yeah, that was the last movie I saw in theaters last oh, year. I think the same for me. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I like that movie a lot. I like that more actually than the Suicide uh, Squad. I, li- I like John Cena and Idris. Yeah, they're good. It just yeah, not not my not my tempo in terms of humor. Okay, that's hey, it was good. What about you? You been watching anything else, Corey? Uh, I was home and uh, over the weekend, and uh, my mom always likes to watch movies with me. So I, I got her hooked on the Daniel Craig James Bond movies mm-hmm. <laughs> recently. Like I was like, you haven't seen Sky, uh, Skyfall? You got to see Skyfall because I thought she had seen Casino Royale because I swore we watched it years ago. And so we watched Skyfall. She lo- loved it. She's like, I want to watch the next one. I was like, well, the next one's Spectre. Oh no, it's not quite as good, but it, it's the one that follows. Well, we watched it, and I liked Spectre the first time we, when we saw it in theaters, Dave, and I thought it was okay, but. It's one of those movies where if you watch it once, you've, you've gotten all you can can out of it. There's not Spectre much else Batista, to go back right? for. Yeah. Yep. It was, it was okay. It, it wasn't that great, but 
it was fine. But this past weekend, I was like, wait, so you haven't seen Casino Royale? So we went, then went back and watched Casino Royale. And then it's like, well, why don't we just watch Quantum of Solace to complete the whole circle here? What did she here? think of those ones? She, she thought they were good. She, 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 she thought... She, yeah, I mean, my mom just wants a lot of action in a movie and, you know, a little bit of romance. And that movie, it has it. No matter how well it does it, it has it. <laughs> uh, and she is now eager for No Time to Die to come out in October. Oh, how, so, how is, retrospectively, how is David Harbour and Quantum of Solace? I forgot he was even in it. I didn't realize I was like, oh, wait. until <laughs> after Black Widow. Yeah, I, I completely forgot he was in it. And, uh, yeah, he's fine in it. I mean, the movie is just a mess in it. it the there's too much action bond is just a psychopath in the movie and it's not pleasant it's not a pleasant no, movie. no. i last time i saw it was in the theater and i don't think i want to see it again that exactly i only saw it that one time and i never thought i'd watch it ever again and here i was watching it over the weekend with my mom and to her credit she enjoyed it so she liked the there horses? you go no and people get give a lot of slack like they, they slag the movie a lot for that that action scene where he's running after someone they intercut it with horses and it makes no sense there's a scene later where he's fighting someone while like some opera like theatrical performance is going on and that makes even less sense to me there's like no connection at all between the intercuts that are going on there so yeah if you want to catch up on Danny Craig movies and you haven't seen them skip Quantum of Solace Royale and Skyfall you, you can't go wrong yeah so I'm hoping every Odd uh, one. Every other one with Daniel Craig is good. And so I hopefully, would, no I would time say to die. Spectre is good. worth a singular watch. Yeah. No, I, I think the hate towards that movie is like completely outsized of the actual quality of the movie. It's, it's good. I, th- I think. I mean, it's I think not the end, good. It's the, very watchable. The climax might be a little underwhelming, but I definitely remember enjoying all the stuff in yeah. Mexico. The train fight with Batista mm-hmm. is awesome. Right. And you forget too, watching him back to back, that Mr. White character, he shows up in the first two and then he shows up in uh, Spectre again. And it's like, oh yeah, this guy's like a thread to like an overarching plot that's actually going mm-hmm. on here. Forgot about that. And we got, what's his name? Elliot from Mr. Robot, Freddie Mercury showing up in this new one. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, what's his actual name? Elliot Alderson. Man, I, you're going to make me look it up. I can't remember his name. My, my brain is like, not functioning. Oh, Rami Malek. Yes, he is the bad guy. Is he gonna? He yeah, looks sure. like a, a young version of uh, what's his name from Spectre. Anton Chigurh. Like he, you know, know he's like disfigured. About. Oh, from Skyfall, Skyfall you mean? Spectre. Yeah, that's my bad. Javier Bardem. Come on, man. We'll see. We'll uh, see. Yeah. Right. Anyways, let's just wrap this up here. Yeah. People are sick of us talking about James Bond. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and to that point, though, we, for our Patreon listeners, we are going to do another action movie starring a Downton, a Downton Abbey character. I've been compiling a list. And I've been doing some work trying to find. There's some interesting looking ones out there. I'm going to put it in the Lords of Grantham Lounge because I think I think we need to put it to them because we we had some yeah. ideas. You, you know how a you know what I was looking at was uh, Kirtigan from season five of Downton Abbey. He's in so he many snatched. action movies. He's the great and snatch. He's in everything. Yeah, he's the, the so guy who a lot can't of die. Out there, he's but the, <laughs> I don't think we're watching a, a no. Prince Kurigan movie. Never. But, <laughs> but if you want we'll, us we'll to, we'll do the listeners you know? want. We will follow. Yeah. Uh, but until then, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, send us an email, all the social. Let us know what you want us to watch next. This yep. is the time to get in touch with us on social media. We are in transition, if you will. We are taking all requests. So. All right. We're here and you're here. Let's keep doing this. Let's do this.